Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I am Chris, and welcome to DocuSweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, which can be fiery, can be very hot, can be just squelchering and sweaty, mm -hmm. and also uh, sort of devotion-y, and at the end of the day, hopefully something mildly uh, healing, because... You guys, we have a brand new docu series to talk about, which is very intense, hot on the heels. Um, and we should say every time we do a docu series, trigger warning up the butt for everything that you could possibly think. So that's not our. We should have done that for Love Is One, but here we are talking about our new one. This is Escaping Twin Flames, honey. This is episode one called Smoke and Mirrors. You can find the entire Escaping Twin Flames documentary. It's on Netflix, not to be confused with other Twin Flame documentaries on other platforms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there's more than one Twin Flames. And I would say that you can watch any of them. I've watched more than one. So there's that. <laughs> when you say you can watch any of them, yes. Are you saying in that mo most of them give you the same information? Yes. Um, but I would, um, for this one, we're specifically doing the Netflix one specifically yes true yes um, that's true so yeah this episode is episode one smoke and mirrors Whew, this is so interesting mm -hmm. so we basically start first image is a home video footage style youtube i think they do put it on a youtube layout to make us know this is like a vlog on youtube of some white dude showing off a car and um it's specifically a porsche but he calls it a porsche i mean and i that's how I it's pronounced porsche okay. yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay i mean that's fine you know? yeah i asked i just finished right now getting confirmation from a car dude i said is it porsche or porsche and he said it's porsche and he said he even met a german person who pronounced it as porsche porsche so porsche Pushy. It's a pushy. Mm -hmm. okay. So, uh, but he's like, this is a Porsche. It's a hundred thousand dollar car. You can actually start this car from your app and have it auto cool. And I thought to myself, I can start my car from my app <laughs> and I can have it also auto warm. So what year was this? I because love it. We are now currently in that technology with a car that is not a Porsche, even though I want to say Porsche. Yes. I thank you so much. Great point. Yeah. Because it's, it, it feel obviously it is, he is bragging and it's disgusting. And the way mm -hmm. he's bragging is crazy. And you know, yeah. God bless. God oh, bless and by him. the way, I didn't make this wealth by selling videos on how to make wealth. I made this wealth by helping people find love for a reasonable price of $49.99. Yeah. Uh, Shake. Uh, she. Uh, Shalaya, is that? Does that sound good enough? Yeah, that sounds good enough. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's always interesting when people show off their wealth all the time, like on social media. Like, and it's become this is disgusting. But I mean, it can, and he obviously is a disgusting person. We'll talk more about it. But just like the entire pop culture movement 
to showcase wealth on social media, especially like in a way where you are like literally showing it and saying how much it is, is one of the most disgusting things ever. But like every part of it, like we got to a point where like there is such pictures of like a Rolex on a hand driving a fancy wheel. And then right off the side, there's like a, you know, a Hermes Birkenbach, you know, everything is so staged to look wealthy. And it's so, uh, it does the opposite effect where it's like, it makes you look so cheap. It makes you look like yeah. you've never had money or Gosh. seen money in your whole life. You know, Gosh, like yeah. that's what it is. It's like, I don't know how I'm going to say this one more thing. And this is like a, this Porsche car, whatever the fuck it is it's a nice enough looking car and he's going to show us the the roof, but like we're all in our lives going to be in like nicer and see nicer cars than this one kind of like SUV Porsche car that he gets. Yeah. But he's going to talk about it in, in the features and really have it be, and it's LOL that he thinks the features are so off putting to any like normal person. And then like, I don't know when he were right, made it in like two years, literally any car will have it, but uh, let's move on. So that's the opening scene. That's the big, that's the opening image of a white guy being, hum, uh, being not humble, talking about his wealth. And we cut to, um, well, no, as a sister, a twin sister of a lady Paula. who happens to be in yeah, so Stephanie, cult. Stephanie, and then her her we we cut to Stephanie's twin sister, identical twin sister Paula, in a kitchen, calling the police, saying that she would like to um, report a cult that her sister is in, and that they do um, controlling and forced work, and even claims of sex trafficking. Um, and I can only say that, yeah, I was waiting for overt, more overt sex trafficking being done um and so then the person is like did they go of their own volition and then paul is like uh yeah i mean well as much as controlling people you know can go um can go and then we find out that paula and uh, stephanie's mother quit smoking a couple years ago but when she found out her daughter was in the um cult louis started smoking again um and they say that stephanie first started talking about spiritual things and then all of a sudden she started talking about this group she found online and how she could end up making her fortune from that. And her, the way she could make her fortune was best served by working for them. And then that was the red flag for her mother. And then all of a sudden she disappeared. She sent them a note, an email based an e like a, a letter basically telling them that they didn't serve her and that she didn't want to get to be in her in relationship with them anymore and to never contact her again. Um, I have to say, I don't know, overarching, I didn't love the storytelling of this uh, docuseries because they didn't get to what I think are the most important bits about what this um, cult did. Um, because you watched, enough. Yeah, I watched, because you watched another one. I watched another one. And the other one did gave me more information about background about Paul I mean, Jeff and Shalia and Megan. Yeah. So if we can kind of jump to that, because they do talk about this first episode. And I mean, I haven't finished the last episode, but you tell me if they do, you can cut me off. No, but, you're, you had brought this up when we were off camera talking about this. Because I, again, had they, watched, I, I had watched all of it. And you're right. They, they, we're going to get Megan slash Shalia's background in this episode and never, never again. again. Okay. Never again. Never again, A. And then B, 
the, I will say this about this docuseries. This episode, episode one, is almost, it almost did not let me watch the rest of them because I felt it was boring because of the storytelling. Again, hot off of Love is One, which is great storytelling. This episode one is so much Zoom footage and so much expository information about character after character that you're like, well, first of all, nothing bad's happening, but banana people. So like, why am I invested in this? And then it does get better. But anyway, you're right. I think that there are some cinematic problems with the storytelling and how it's played out of this docuseries. Go ahead. Yes. So what they don't tell you about mm-hmm. Jeff and Shalia, which I will tell you, <laughs> what they tell what they tell you in this episode is that Jeff has changed his name a couple of years before he started Twin Flames University to Enders Ian. And Enders, if you guys know pop culture-wise, is the main character in um a book called Enders Game. No, and I'm glad. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is in um and so that's where that name kind of comes from. And he was into um, kind of like scientific, but before that in high school, he was a very care. Well, what is Ender's Game about? Like, what is it like, what's that book about? Oh, uh, Ender's Game is a book about a, um, a, to- a future of America, of, I guess, Earth history of a future top future world and Earth's history where um, children. A future world in Earth's history. Sorry, okay. Earth's present, Earth's future. Okay. Earth's future, um, where children are um, kind of put into these scenarios where they are expected to um, play these games where they fight an enemy. And um, it turns out at the end of the trilogy or at the end of the game, at the end of the book, you find out that the children are just exceedingly smart. And Ender is the smartest of them. And he is, he's not playing a game. He's actually developing war strategies for an actual war that's happening. And um, it's all scientific. You don't, it's all science fiction. Is this fan? Okay, this is like a, this is sci-fi a science fantasy? fiction. Yeah, sci-fi fantasy. So anyways, um, so in high school, Jeff is like the super charismatic guy who tells his best friend, like, I... I'm destined for great greatness. Like I, I should be the CEO of a company. I should own things. Like he is always trying to figure out ways to get people on his side to be quick, rich, and things like that. So he tries a bunch of different things from high school beyond high school to get people um, to. He's he's basically always looking to never work very hard to make lots of money. So like chance and live after lockup. Yes. And so he, he changes his name to Ender and he becomes this like spiritual guru, but that doesn't really work. Then there's Shalia, who is like from Canada. Her real name is Megan Plant. And she like has this spiritual, uh, I don't know, like moment. And she, I don't know if she's like on drugs or whatever, but she has this spiritual ayahuasca fueled if it's not ayahuasca fueled like event that happens in her life and she comes out as Shalia and changes her name and somehow her and Jeff meet and they decide that like they are completely meant for each other and then he starts to create like websites after website trying to figure out how to get people to pay money for different things um so all of those websites that they end up talking about in this show and this docuseries is things that he has been developing for years and they immediately start to figure out how they can like get people for money. 
in this docuseries, he says that the way they met, which is like, is that they were on a dating like Tinder or something like that. And they, they matched or she, she like asked him out or something that she started like getting really like hot and heavy, like, Hey, like want to fuck. And he was like, I would have just never even given the time of day, but somehow I started talking to her and like 30 minutes later, they were like twin flamed. That's what he says happens in this documentary, which is like crazy, you know, bananas crazy. I have and- to rewatch the other one to to remember, but I, what, but the main thing that stood stood out for me from the last docu- the other documentary is that he changed his name more than once. Yeah. And that he that he was looking actively looking for ways to be a to psych everyone out and get rich based on some like, scheme some scheme yes so it that's what they completely negate from this one it's like mm-hmm. he's 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 the modern day Elron hubbard yeah yeah he's, yeah yeah he's followed that pattern of Elron hubbardness what what knowing it or not anywho let's so, just I was gonna say, let's just, I just want to quickly introduce you to Keely. I just like, you know, we're, we don't have to do everything, but Keely is going to be a big player. So basically Keely becomes one of the first people that like signs up right away. Keely has this thing where she's working at a um, grocery store and she like finds this guy named Colby and her and Colby like hit it off right away. She's just really into the fact that Colby A is hot. We'll talk about that. Colby doesn't really talk in this docuseries. They got his like rights to use his image, but honey, he doesn't sit down, but I'll tell you right now that Colby is hot. And She's like, I was pansexual and Colby was into it. So they started dating and they were cool. And then they broke up and she got upset. Now this, there's going to be somewhat of a similar pattern. Okay. In of course, a couple of the people that get obsessed with twin flames. And of course there's the overarching cult like similarities, people that are lonely, people that are looking uh, for an answer is people that have like spiritual and or otherness to themselves where they feel like they are outside and want someone to like see them, all of those things. But in this case, you get a lot of people who are have unrequited love with someone, either someone that they know, someone that they have been already romantic with, or a friend, right? And they, in their, in like, this is where it gets a little LOL, that it's like verbatim. They then will go to their computer and Google and either come upon the phrase or somehow an advert of on YouTube of twin flames. Like, the concept of twin flames being something. So let me just ask you, regardless of this cult, Wahama, did you have an idea of like twin flames, what that meant to you? And like, is there some idea of like soul? Is, is like to me, twin flames are like, well, that doesn't mean more to me than a soulmate. I never think of like of the phrase twin flames more than I think of like, oh, my soulmate or whatever, right? Yeah, I think twin flames is a new aged version of soulmate. And here's the truth. What? Had I found the word twin flame and on a 2006, like, <gasps> uh-huh. um, say it, yeah, Amy Colston holds whatever her name is, a uh, website to describe what I felt about that person that I was in love with from high school. I don't know now, I wouldn't have joined a cult because let me tell you right now, there's there's too much shame, like, I, I have family and like. I'm not white and like I have like they're just so I I I watch this show and I and I recognize that I would have said oh that person is my twin flame but I also recognize 
that I could not have been in this cult because I watched this and I felt sorry for none of those people. And when that woman says that her, her sister was being controlled, I, I couldn't empathize with anything that was happening. Oh. Could you? I couldn't, Chris. Well, yeah. Keely, Keely. And when it got, when it, and L, when it got down to the, some of the shit that these, the supposedly the mirror exercise and Jeff made them do. I was just like, a fool in their money will soon part. Ooh, honey, she has no compassion. I was. <laughs> I I just, I was, I just couldn't. I mean, because I've been in love and you couldn't tell me. I, I still think that person is my soulmate. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, I, I'm like, oh, that person is my soulmate. It's just that that person is fucking stupid. So, like, <laughs> okay. But like, but do you see me like. Starting cults? Do you see, yeah. Do you see me like trying to talk to that person? Do you see me like. I know you do. You do a good job not talking to him. Yeah. I blocked him. Like, I don't think of him, but I like. I still am like that knowing what I know. And if that person would have just dropped their walls and let this be what it could be. Oh, that person, my soulmate, you know what I mean? But like, I'm not going to put myself to ruin for them. Absolutely not. Good. This is not what this lifetime has for us. So like, I, even with the fact that I believe that does not mean irrational life altering behavior will occur. If that makes sense. Because you still have to live your life. <laughs> so that's okay. why I say that. I, that's, that's why I say that. So when people are like, oh, I believe this thing. Like, I'm like, yeah, I believe this thing. But that doesn't mean I'm going to ruin my life for it. Like, I still have to live life. Like, like oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever for religion. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm. No, I'm not. Get somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's going to be me. So anyways, um, so we're getting, I'm going all over the place and this is my fault. I'm sorry. It's just that this, it, watching this was really hard for me. So <laughs> they talk too much about Keely because to me so far, it doesn't have a, a good enough payoff. Um, so Stephanie, apparently this is Paula's twin, the one that they're calling the police about in the beginning. So when Stephanie joins the group, uh, she is just looking for, um, something because she went to Taiwan and met this man and she thought that he was her person and he ended up breaking up with her and she was so upset and forlorn and her twin sister uh, Paula ended up getting married and she joined the group and when she joined the group uh, she started doing the mirror exercise and that mirror exercise apparently messes people up um, the mirror exercise <laughs> yeah. is basically when you talk with someone and you state how you feel. And then when you state how you feel, you just say the opposite back to yourself. So if you say, I'm angry with you, you change the you to I'm angry with myself. And I feel like that is the same mirror exercise that uh, they did, Teal Swan did. Teal Swan did that same exercise with her people, where it's like anything you feel towards someone else, you're really feeling that towards yourself. And so that does a lot of damage because that means that everything is your fault. It's the same thing in Scientology. That's why they believe that children are born as little adults and that they don't deserve any special treatment. Um, so it's like anything that you feel out towards somebody, you're not feeling that 
towards that person. You're actually feeling that towards yourself. And it could be damaging because then nothing is anyone else's fault. Everything is your fault. And which that's you, we all know that that's not true, right? There is, there is a certain amount of introspective you should do for sure, but not everything is your fault. So he and Shalia, Jeff and Shalia set up a Facebook page and they had a giant community. Um, and so you had a bunch of people like Shanice, who's this black lady and she was divorced and she was looking for her true love. I have and a then, picture. Wait, wait, wait. I do have a picture. I, I, sorry. And then, um, so they always had, they had books and they had classes to buy and they talked about harmonious unions. They had, a, um, 38 K, um, 38,000 people in their group. Um, so from these mirror exercises, Stephanie was having night terrors. And that's the one thing Paula knew from this situation that things were bad. Uh, Jeff, he had many, many businesses. Uh, so, and that started from his time as Ender when he lived in uh, Hawaii. And at that time he knew that he, he knew he wanted to start a cult. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. Um, we should probably just explain what harmonious union mean, because it's a phrase that'll come up a lot. So, um, to me, harmonious union means that when you have your, so one thing will happen is obviously everyone here wants to find what their true love, and they're going to call that person their true flame. What's going to happen in between episode one and two and three is that episode one starts with your twin flame is someone out there in the universe and maybe you found them, maybe you know them, but we'll see if that's your actual person and like, it'll be revealed to us. And then the idea is once you're with that person together, if you both are in the same mindset of twin flameness and you both are living the way of twin flameness, you are will then be in a harmonious union and that creates a certain power, a certain magnitude of love and energy that like is transformative for others and is like a sort of morale soul boost to you that it, it, and like if this was Scientology, it feels like going clear or something like that. The levels of hierarchy, hierarchy, I can't say that word. <laughs> in, hierarchy? Hierarchy. In the belief system of this cult slash religion is that achieving, achieving harmonious union with the person you're supposed to be with for the rest of your life, and that person will start to be very subjective of who that person can be, means that you can then transcend slash ascend they literally use the word ascend, which of course in love as one is used the entire fucking time, which of course, as we're saying, all these cults are very similar. The fact that Teal Swan will use a mere exercise, the fact that they'll use the word ascend to mean some sort of spiritual, spiritual, I guess, you know, like transference where you are better than most people and therefore can be on top and go to heaven and live like kings. And I mean, whatever it means to that person in such a way. Anyway, that's what harmonious union means. And it'll be used to get people to like want to be on top. And for those that need to remain on top, it's like a weird um, way for them to like showcase that they've won. Okay, go on. Yeah. So... Keely is the kind of woman that they utilize a lot in this um, documentary. And because it's because her and her twin flame, Colby, were the poster children for 
Twin Flame University. They are the ones, the first couple from Twin Flame University, they are the one to, the first couple to get married, the first couple to do the whole process to -hmm. become the uh, coaches. They are the first ones to get, to coach other people. Mm -hmm. They're the first ones to start. They're almost at the top of the MLM. Um, And so. They are. I mean, besides the fact of, you know, Shalia. Yes, but they are not the <laughs> that most people are when they join um these MLMs they are not a part of the the masterminds uh group the inner circle they're part of the inner circle but really Shalia and Jeff are the inner circle period point blank stop the end uh, yes. and because this cult slash religion is ever going and we'll get to the religion aspect later on but because they're currently still active um that's that's what makes this the most interesting. So they refuse to be a part of this um, documentary right now, and they say that they are not a cult. Um, officially, that's their statement at this time. So Keely right now is at an undisclosed um, location, and Colby is nowhere to be seen. Um, and that's probably mainly because the narrative that they've given, if they even did any interviews with Colby, which I'm pretty sure they have. That's why I also feel like something is up with this documentary because if Colby has allowed his face to be shown, yet he, I guess, must have refused to do interviews or they do have interviews for him, but they haven't shown him because of the allegations of sexual abuse or assault, SA, trigger warning that Keeley has levied against him later on in this episode or this season, this uh, show. Oh, we don't know that. I'm sorry. Are you saying that Keely, if you think, oh yeah, Keely never says anything bad about Kobe. She does. Oh, just kidding. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) sorry, babe. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just really interesting that I'm like, what is happening quite, quite what's going on. So. I must have missed that. I'm so sorry. Cause it, we really get into, you know, Keely has a sister, Marley, that she brings in. Okay. She says, and Marley. Yes. She, uh, you want me to tell you what I'm talking about or no? Don't want you to tell me what I'm talking about. Do you want me to tell you what I'm talking about when I say that she's levied kind of things against him? Oh yeah, sure. Oh, I, yeah, I'm sorry. I just didn't realize that she's, I didn't, I'm sorry. What I'm, what I'm doing is I forgot that Keely had said that against Colby in this documentary. I didn't remember that. I only remember what happened with Marley oh. and her guy. That's what okay. I was saying. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's all very interesting that we haven't heard from him, at least so far that I'm into it. So um, yeah, they, they get together uh, through this and end up getting married and, and, and even their first like segment on the show. I'm sorry, not the show. Let me go back to the notes. Blah. So she ends up bringing her sister in, Keely does, uh, her sister Marley. She ends up bringing Marley in. And at the time, Marley's 18 years old. And I guess together they've had some, a little bit of an interesting history because their mother was, they had some issues with their mother. So they needed, and or, or whatever happened, drew them into this uh, world uh, due to this. So uh, once Keely and Kobe got married, Jeff and Shalia put together a GoFundMe for them where they raised um, thousands of dollars and Jeff and Shalia told them exactly what to do with the money down to the curtains they were supposed to get for the kitchen. And when they got into the group Zoom call um, to talk about how their relationship was going so far, how their harmonious union was going so far. Jeff and Shalia totally act like they didn't even remember how long they'd been married. They were like, oh, so wait, how long have you guys been together now? 
um, how long has it been since you guys moved into this house? And Kobe and Keely, while sitting in this Zoom call, are just like leaning on each other. So, so in love. So in love. And they're leaning on each other. And Keely's like, oh, almost three weeks now. And I'm like, almost three weeks? Everyone calm down. It has been two weeks since these two have gotten married. And everyone's making it seem like it's been so long that they just can't keep up with time. And I love how Jeff and Shalia, or at least Jeff, cusses to make it seem like this is so real. This is so radical. This is so new age. And he, cause they're like, yeah, fuck this man. You know, like, you know, we're all about love here. Fuck. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And don't you love how Shalia parrots everything he says? She, I mean, it's crazy. Will Hodas be like, as I've always said, I love to drive a Porsche, Porsche, Porsche. Like the literally like a parrot, the exact last word she knows she has to say in the smile. She's like a nineties hype man, you know, like she's, she, she goes on a transformation herself throughout this docuseries of, of, of herness. And she, I mean, it's quite, it's quite, they're quite a pair, but, um, then we're going to meet some other peeps. Um, obviously Marley, uh, Marley, having joined um and having met some some random guy named josh who they was in the twins flames universe maybe had joined the facebook group they're like obviously go and be with him you have to go and find him and be with him um <laughs> so wait, is, wait sorry i think i did just skip oh, wait sorry. a minute let me tell you what happens oh, okay sorry. so the coaches uh so uh, Keely and Kobe become coaches and they make $60 per, per coaching session and Jeff mm-hmm. and Shalia sell it to them like, oh my God, you guys are going to be so rich because you're the first couple to come out of this and so people are going to flock to you. So mm-hmm. what you do is you train people to be coaches and every time they get people, they're going to shoot money up to you and then you shoot money up to us, which is the MLM. It's the pyramid scheme, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then... Uh, some of the coaches decide to get together in New York City. They're minding their own business. They're all in New York City. It's like 50 of them. They decide to get together and they kind of send the word out. They're like, hey, the New York uh, girlies are getting together. If you want to join, join. Jeff and Shalia decide that they're going to join. And it's unbeknownst to the to the New York girlies. They're like, okay. And then all of a sudden, Jeff and Shalia force Marley Colby and Keely to come paying their way and paying for their room and board and everything because they really feel it's very important for, for them to show because they're the face of Twin Flames University. So they take over the meetup and make it something official for TFAS. Twin mm-hmm. Flames something something. Okay? Mm-hmm, TFAS. Mm-hmm. And they hijack the whole thing. And mm-hmm. during this like three day, two day, whatever amount of day of festivities, they're in the Airbnb and Jeff is like, I'm so happy to be here because so many people have come because they love me. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and they were like, okay, we were coming anyway, but okay. And, um, and so uh, <laughs> then the night before the day before they did some kind of calling in of the twin flame, um, twin flame unions or whatever. So Jeff and Shalia did some kind of spiritual whatever where they were all there because they're trying to call in the twin flame for Marley. They do some seance 
where they're trying to get people to uh, get, get like her, her twin flame to occur. And so it's like, you know, and, and they're all putting their energy in it, into it because Marley is the, the sister of Keely. And so since Keely is the prime example, like Marley needs to have someone too. So they do this seance and then they're just kind of now waiting for whoever is the next person to step into Marley's life is going to most likely be her twin flame. And so, <laughs> So all of that is happening and they're at some group event where they're all sitting down kind of talking and it's being recorded. And this is where Jeff tells people that, you know, you, the, these people here in TFAS are your soul family, your family, your other family that's causing you distress. You know, it's an energy leak when you have them in your lives. And if they don't support your twin family, you've got to let them go. This is the time that Stephanie sends the letter to her family, telling her family that she doesn't want to talk to them. This is, she tells smoking Luis and her, twin sister Paula she doesn't want to um, talk to them anymore mm -hmm. so it's all around this time and so she convinces uh, Jeff convinces Stephanie she's being abused and that's when she blocks her whole family now mm -hmm. during this little uh this is the day after the seance they're having another group session and Jeff is like Marley are you sure you haven't met your twin flame and Marley's like no and he's like open up your open up your internet open up your phone so Marley opens up her phone and he's like go through your messages so she goes through her, her Instagram, the goes through her Facebook messages. And then he, she's like, well, this guy did message me on Facebook messenger from, from twin flames. And he's like, yeah, open it. And so Marley opens it up and it's just like this guy talking about how lonesome he is and how he found this group and he feels so whole or whatever. And so Jeff is like, did I not tell you, did I not tell you the next person to come into your life is your twin flame? And so then this launches Marley on this whole like path with this guy named Joshua, who's reached out to her via the twin flame um, universe, Facebook, whatever group. And he's in Utah and she's in a group session. The next scene we have of her, she's in a group session and Jeff is like, so what's up with Josh? Why aren't you with him? And she's like, well, Josh is having some financial issues based on some choices that he made. Um, oh God. And so then we have some, you know, real life footage of her or like the confessional footage of her. And she's like, well, yeah, Josh had some issues and this is a really traumatic time in my life. And I have a hard time talking about it. And I'm like, why do you have a hard time talking about it? Like, what's what what's happening? And so we cut back to her and Jeff is like, yeah, don't worry about the financial issues. You need to go to him. You need to go to him. And we find out during this that at this time when he's telling her to go to him, she's 19 years old. Yeah. So he's telling this 19 year old child to go to Utah to be with this person. At this time, we don't know how old this person and we don't know the financial issues this person have has. We know that he's gotten into some issues with the law because of some drug paraphernalia that was found on him that wasn't his, wink, wink. Um, that was his friends and that he had some issues. And so he's like, go with him, go be with your man and go support him, go be with your twin flame. So then cut to the next time we see her, she's upset. Like she's crying and she's like, his, his issues are really dark. And, yeah. um, and we still don't know what's going on, but we do know that Keely is now distanced herself from her, her sister because her sister has her own life kind of deal with at this time. And Keely has her life to deal with, with um, Colby because she's dealing with her own issues with Colby. And she's working through that with Jeff personally. Um, and so we then end up finding out that 
um, that there's just some really deep rooted issues that are going on. Um, so Jeff announces that Keely and Kobe, um, have agreed to marry each other. Have agreed to marry each other. How, not that they proposed, not that have agreed to marry each other. So Shalia says that the pacing feels right. And then she's like, how long have you known each other? And they're like, two months. We're like, what? Mm-hmm. And so they both look like deer in the headlights. And Jeff is like, rah, 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 rah. two months is so long. That's what people are going to say. But this is your twin flame. You're meant to be together. This is the first TF union. Mm-hmm. And then we skip to L. Honey, Elle. L comes in fast and furiously. She's like, I'll tell you about me. I'm a DJ. I love music. I've been a Burning Man 140 billion times. I've been going to Burning Man since, you know, the dawn of Burning Man. And I've never never been a Burning Man. I've only been to Coachella once. But, you know, obviously Burning Man is drugs and music and mud. And you kind of go to the middle of nowhere and you have to kind of camp. And there's like music and also just like dirt everywhere and heat everywhere. Did I mention the drugs? You know what I'm saying? And like, it's like, you know, another part of it, I guess, is true is like, you know, in football culture, they do that kickback thing. What do you call it? Well, in football culture. Tailgating? You know, yeah, you're tailgating. So maybe there's a tailgating aspect of Burning Man. Like you all have your like, you know, RVs out and you're cooking fun things. I don't know why Elle likes it or whatever, but let me tell you about Elle. So she moved to the Bay Area because at Burning Man, she met some dude, right? Now, here's the thing. Again, on drugs. So she meets, she meets this dude and she's just like into him. So also, God bless, she's like, she's a brilliant kind of person. There's something about Elle that also reads a little neurodivergent. You know, you can see her mind working in interesting ways. I think she's very smart in the way that she probably, when she does music, I think that probably like feeds a part of her, but I think that she probably doesn't understand social cues in the way that people who have a lot of social grace do. And I think that this not understanding of social cues becomes a way in which maybe Twin Flames is able to manipulate some people. Because one whole part of this Twin Flame shit is that once you find your Twin Flame, you have to pursue your Twin Flame. And in normal human interaction, you know, we we give space to the autonomy of the other individual, what that person is giving you, either through the words and behaviors that gives, like, I like you, I don't like you, I'm ready for this. You know, and that's a whole other fuck, fucked up part of dating because you can really get a lot from someone where you understand that person likes you, but then that person's own mental capacity is not able to give you what you want. But the Twin Flames idea of that is like, not a problem. That's not, that's not for you to consider. It's like, 
The twin flameness is all about your experience of the relationship without listening to or caring about the other person. Because I guess what trumps both is your idea that you are right or someone has told you that your love is spiritual and you have to get the person on board. So this now L becomes obsessed with this fucking person. Go ahead. Well, no, this person is a dick. Let's just talk about what this person did to her. So this, she met this man. She is a chemist working on cancer, okay? She's yeah. doing some amazing work. And she gets into a car accident where her spine is all jacked up and she's paralyzed and she has to go through all kinds of surgeries and shit. And during the midst of this, her boyfriend breaks up with her. Yeah. So she goes into like a really bad depression and, you know, she ends up finding Twin Flames universe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and while going through the courses and the classes they ask her like does she have someone in her life who she feels like she's perfect for mm -hmm. and she says yes it's this person who if she had not gotten into this car accident and had this you know situation in which made her a you know a very uh sick or uh, you know yeah sick he might not have left her and so she's like this person is for me and so they then tell her to go against all boundaries of human relationship and respect and insist on being in a, with this person, especially now that she's hale and hearty physically. Obviously, she's not hale and hearty mentally. And so they um, uh, uh, she gets a restraining order against her because of this behavior. And um, they tell her that the restraining order is not real, that it's just mm -hmm. a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And obviously anybody who hears that and doesn't know that that is stupid or that is not, you know, that that is crazy to believe is obviously having some mental problems. And so she ignores that. She continues, you right. know, bothering him and continues doing all these things to him. Right. And so boundaries, you know, boundaries mean nothing. And that this is the point where we start to realize that Jeff is teaching these men and teaching these couples that the women's bodies belong to them. And so Keely and Colby are having issues because she's not wanting to have sex with him and he is insisting. And so they're not getting along and Colby is feeling entitled to her body. And whenever she brings this up in sessions with Jeff, Jeff is shaming her into believing that she has to do this with her. And so they're supposed to be having great sex. And if the man is having, is wanting to have sex, you should give him sex. And so there is some issues now with Colby not respecting Keely's boundaries nor her body. So Jeff then says, harmonious union is not a perfect union. It's not perfect, is what Shalia parrots so jeff is like harmonious union is not a perfect it's not it's perfect. perfect yeah harmonious union means at its core there's a state of harmony in your union and peace and peace is what i was gonna say peace <laughs> okay let's, let's do it again let's do it again <laughs> harmonious union is not a perfect union it's not perfect Harmonious union means at its core, that's a state of, that, that there's a state of harmony in your union. And peace, the peace and harmony. 
You're living in union and in harmony. Union and harmony. That you're living in one life as one. One. <laughs> You've retained harmonious union. Yun. Yun. I did good, right? Yes. So, so he's <laughs> gaslighting them. What the hell does that even mean? That's what he literally said. What does that mean? He's gaslighting them. Yeah. Then we get some real dark shit about Marley. Okay. So now Marley, we get to now know that this guy that she's been like tweened, flamed up with is Josh. First of all, we never see his face. We only see his alpha choices. We know it's bad. We mm -hmm. know just by the outfits alone and the body language, this motherfucker is not good for like Marley, by the way, at this time looks ni 19. She looks 14. She was like the little, she's a little bird. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so Josh is 11 fucking old years older than her. He has no job. Talk about utterless, mm -hmm. no job. And I mean, again, a rap sheet, addiction, and he is also fucked up and will just leave her like for he. I mean, this is like so sad. And then to also understand that Keely brought her sister in, and like I, I wonder during this time how much Keely knows, you know, like and how much she's just swallowing listening to this, you know, that they her. just brought her in and abandoned her. So yeah, then. Um, this is what this asshole says to Marley. This is what Jeff says. Why are you so afraid? What are you so afraid of? The life has chosen is really dark, but this is an opportunity to prove the v validity of my work, the value of my work. I mean, he obviously is a raging narcissist. And, and all, shit about all of the footage they use is him talking big, grand grandizing, uh, talking himself up. I mean, to the point where they're obviously taking out of context and boy, do they have a lot of footage and we'll realize why later, you know, like why they have all this footage. Um, but I mean, parts of it, you're like, if I heard one morsel of this, I'd be like, the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? You know, like, but I have to really think of how much these people have to believe in this message. And what is sad about this message is that everyone's selling something and what this man is selling is just what 90 Fiance promises the saddest people possible is that uh, an answer to profound loneliness, you know, an unrequited love. But um Basically, again, you know, like this, you know, the same thing what they were saying, Keely of Keely has to submit to Colby, her body, her sex, you know, Josh being 11 years older and, you know, a fucked up asshole, you know, like not, not, you know, not a problem. The problem is Marley, you know, like what is the opportunity Marley can do to make her home better for him to like really lean into the problems he might have and be like a better flame for him, which of course is like crazy old school, you know, like, you know, really misogynistic, like toxic patriarchal bullshit that we've, that has been in existence for a long time. And of course, you know, that Jeff would have this. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's only remarkable how blatant it is. Yep. 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 So then we have the, the period at the end of this sentence of the episode one is L yeah. wanting to go out for her birthday and she's a lover of music. And as we know, her ex is a lover of music because they met at Burning Man. So she's a restraining order against this. There's a restraining order. Out. So she goes out to have a good time. 
and she goes to a club and she gets there and unbeknownst to her, her ex is there. He sees her. He calls the police. Police grab her in handcuffs, take her out. She spends the night in jail. At this point, she has already let go of her parents, whom she was living with through most of her time with Twin Flames. The only two numbers she has in her head is her ex, the one who just had her arrested, and her mother, who she can't call. So she spends the night in prison and she's just doing the uh, mirror exercise and blaming this entire thing on herself. Because the mirror exercise, when you're mad at somebody, you're really mad at yourself. And so she just sits there crying herself to sleep. I'm going to tell you right now, as an actress who has had so much goddamn theater training, a mirror exercise to me is literally just looking at someone and then doing the exact same thing they're doing. And then at some point, we don't know who's leading and who's following. It's like this, you know, it's that classic thing. But so the fact that this mirror exercise will be talked about throughout this documentary so many times and shown, they have like these cartoon-esque reenactments sometimes of people. It's so interesting, but yeah, it's really them. And it looks like them just being like, I'm so mad I'm in prison right now. Why am I here? I'm mad at myself for being in prison right now. I'm mad at myself. Why am I mad? Because no one loves me because I don't love myself. You know, it's just like everything that it could be is really about you. And so you just in a, I guess, a cycle of self-hatred. Anyway, don't do it to yourself, guys. Listen, save yourselves. Listen, save yourselves from crazy cults and save yourselves from releasing the power that you have in this world to someone else, whether it be a cult leader or an unrequited love. And like, we are autonomous people. We go through this world. We have to like self-secure, self-love and self-care for ourselves. And then anything else that happens on that, I guess, God bless the grace of like what we get to have. We don't get to have it all. So people have this, people have that. But at the same time, you will have love in your life. You don't get to always pick what kind of love. I, there's the rub. That's my Chris Farah cult. Um, that's my that's that's what would I would build my cult on that idea. I'm talking a lot about my cult. I'm sorry. Yes, oh. I mean cults you are, even, you cults are terrible. Now. So I want to know what kind of cult you're going to have that doesn't break down their humanity and try to destroy them. All right. Well, you guys, if you want to hear more about Chris's cult and other exclusive content, you can join us on patreon.com slash docusweeties for $10 a month. You get a live every first Monday of the month, as well as this content as soon as we are done recording it and the visuals of what you're listening to. So if you have that extra $10 a month and you would like to support your girls, you can do so on patreon.com slash docusweeties for $10 a month. But if you don't have that extra $10 and you want to support us in another way, Chris will tell you how you can do so para gratis. Chris? Go ahead and follow us on the social media platform of your choice. We are at DocuSweeties on Instagram, at DocuSweeties on TikTok, at DocuSweeties1 on X, and we have a Facebook group. Um, just, just like Twin Flames University does, ours is called the DocuSweeties Podcast Facebook group. And other than that, thank you so much for listening. Please give us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll talk to you later, okay? Bye. Bye.